podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the AI World Cup podcast. I'm your host, Guy Drinkle, and joining me today is Leanne Prescott, AI writer. How are you doing, Leanne? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm good, thank you. So, Leanne, on this podcast, obviously the groups are finished, so we're just going to reflect on that a bit and then look forward to some of the knockout games if we get time. But um, overall, then, um, group stage is done. You've been enjoying it so far? Yeah, it's good. I, I think I, I stand by my um, point I think I made in the last podcast that it's a very, very open tournament. No one's really taken it by the scruff of the neck yet. Um, OK, Belgium scored a couple of goals um, in their last game before the one against England. Um, but again, you're looking at the big teams and they've not really come out. So I'm I'm hoping that now we're into the knockout stages, we're going to see the best of, of the better teams and they'll come out and they'll really start to showcase their talents. But yeah, there's been, you know, terrific goals. Uh, terrific passages of play, terrific, uh, well, maybe less so terrific defending, but terrific use of VAR. Um, so it's a, it's been a very, very good World Cup so far. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. I mean, this is probably the first one in my lifetime where it's kind of been kind of open because 2010, we, I think most people expected Spain to win, went on to win. 2014, it was either Brazil or Germany, and well, that kind of blew up a bit for Brazil, but anyway, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll not go into that, but um, we'll, we'll crack on with some, with some of the group stuff, so I'm not going to go for every group and stuff like that, but um, we'll, we'll focus on some of the big hitters that surprised in separate ways. Um, so Argentina, we'll start there, shall we? Um, obviously had a bit of a nightmare tournament before the last um, couple game, last game, so... They had, they had to beat Nigeria for any chance to get through. And, um, well, Messi really did step up with that, that beautiful goal, that Benega pass and those couple touches he did, didn't he? He stepped up right there, didn't he? Yeah, that was very much, you know, Messi coming to the fore. And it was probably quite fitting that he got the 100th goal of the tournament. Um, so, you know, this was a player who didn't really come out and show his talents in the first game. But he came out here and he really put on a show. Um, he showed a lot of confidence. He got on the ball wherever he could. He was in between the lines. And it was sort of like seeing him in a Barcelona shirt. It was that kind of performance, um, which sometimes he hasn't been able mm. to replicate at the international level. Um, in terms of his goal as well, as you said, brilliant pass through to him. But I have to say that's probably one of the best goals of the tournament I've seen. Um, OK, it's not a screamer. It's not a great free kick. But the first and second touch is absolutely exquisite. The way he just brings it into his body. And then smashes it into the back of the net. It's absolutely perfect. Um, and yeah, as you said, this was very much Messi, you know, showcasing what he can do and leading Argentina when they needed him the most. Obviously, it's a bit of a mad situation for them at the minute because I think there is rumours that Messi is pretty much managing the team <laughs> at the moment as well. So, can he? This is going to be a bit more looking ahead, but. Can he now manage and captain his, his Argentina team into the latter stages of the uh, knockout competition? Knockout rounds, I should say. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's an interesting one. I don't actually think Argentina will do 
that well in these knockout stages. Yeah. I haven't really been very impressed with them at all. And a lot of people are saying, you know, they're a very good team. They'll probably get to the semi-finals or or the um, the final itself. But I just can't see that. I think they've got lucky against Nigeria. Great finish by Marcus Rojo. Um, but all the same, you know, it wasn't a great performance. Nigeria aren't really a great team. And Messi can do all he wants. But we've seen with Salah, um, you know, it doesn't matter how good you are as an individual. You need other people on that pitch. And apart from, you know, one or two players, I can't really see where that quality is going to come from. Di Maria's not had a good tournament. Higuain, Aguero, very good players, but not quite clicked mm. yet. Um, and Mascherano in the middle is doing well. Um, but yeah, I think Messi's got a, a big job on his hands. He basically is the manager. We saw a, a clip on Twitter about the manager asking if he could bring on Aguero. Um, so again, that just shows where the dressing room is at the moment. And it's solely orientated on Messi. Um, so it just comes down to whether he can really deal with that pressure. Um, he'll have the, you know, the uh, experience of dealing with that in Barcelona, but it's a bit different at the international stage. And as I said, I'm not sure they'll get that much further in the competition. Yeah, I think they have uh, they have France in their first knockout round, <laughs> so it's not going to be easy. Even though France are not hardly impressed either, but um, we'll continue with the with the actual game. Then, I mean, we see Nigeria equalised by a penalty. You said Mascarano there. He's, he's probably been one of the better ones, but he did have a bit of a mare against Nigeria. He just it didn't look like the experienced, calm head that we're kind of used to. Um, giving away a penalty. I can't remember if VR I give it, but um, yeah, as you said, Nigeria aren't exactly great, and Argentina struggled their way through it. But um, yeah, Nigeria scored a penalty, and then, as you said, Rojo, I'm not sure why he was in the box, um, but it's one hell of a finish, isn't it? Yeah, it's brilliant. It's you know the kind of finish you would see from someone like Aguero or Higuain, the way he's able to just volley it calmly into the back of the net with all the pressure on his shoulders as well, because it was basically in the dying embers of the game. Um, Cross comes in and he just strokes it into the back of the net with what I think is his uh, weaker foot, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. So, yeah, you know, he's, he's under pressure from the defender. It's a brilliant cross um, in, but the way he's he's just able to calmly slot it in shows a lot about him. I think he's, he's one of those defenders who is almost better in the attacking third because he's, he's not really a great defender, but yeah. he just seems to come up with these random great goals he's done it at Man U as well so great moment for him and great moment for Argentina but it does just feel like a bit of relief to get them to the next round take off a bit of pressure but then facing France as you said is not going to be easy yeah absolutely and for me I'm, I'm really happy that Argentina got through I'm not sure how far they'll go I mean if they get past France that'll probably be That'll just be one of the big surprises of the tournament. As you, as we both said, Argentina just looked shocking. Uh, Benega and Messi aside, there's not really much in the attacking set. Not really much clicking. Um, but we'll move on from Argentina. Uh, I'm just happy they're through. But uh, we'll, we'll move on to the biggest shock of the tournament so far. And it, Well, I can't see anything really topping this. Germany are out at the group stage and not just out they've finished bottom of their group which obviously contains South Korea Mexico and Sweden I mean there's there's all the 7-1 stuff that we that I mentioned earlier but this is probably one of the most shocking moments in history of international football 
Yeah, it was. I mean, from an English perspective, it was pretty great to watch. To be honest, it's it's nice to say England is still in the World Cup and Germany are going home. Um, so that you know that was good to see, and actually it was good to see South Korea come out and they were very disciplined. And for a team who basically had nothing to play for, they were already out of the competition. They did very well to stifle Germany and obviously hit them in the counter attack with two two late goals there. Um, but yeah, where Germany's concerned, again, it's a big team that hasn't performed. I don't think any of them have so far in the competition, but but Germany especially, obviously, going out at the group stages. And as you said, those three teams there that they were up against, you really would have expected them to beat all of them. Um, Mexico did brilliantly in that, that opening game, but Sweden, um, they beat Sweden. But then South Korea, you know, we've seen a very, very poor performance from them in their three games, uh, bar this one. So Germany must feel disappointed about how it's gone. And, and again, there'll be a lot of people pointing to why wasn't Leroy Sané in there because okay um, there was a lot of things wrong with that Germany uh, team in midfield they weren't offering the defensive cover it was almost like Kadira and Cruz had lost their legs in some parts of the game especially against Mexico and it was like they couldn't deal with that high tempo um, but you have to wonder you know you've got someone like Sané who's able to change the game in a moment Julian Brandt obviously had a couple of, of very good moments as well so someone of that ilk who's able to really set things alight. They were definitely missing in this competition. Um, but yeah, they don't deserve to get through to the knockout stages. And I would have been quite annoyed to see them sort of escape um, mm. and, and get through because from that point, you're thinking, OK, they're Germans. You know, they're going to kick on from here now. They're going to get their way to the final while being very, very poor. Um, so I think this will be a, a wake-up call. But as everyone has said, um, we can enjoy it now, but I'm sure they'll bounce back and, and come back to haunt us all. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think anyone would be surprised if they went to Qatar and ended up winning. But um, yeah, what what do you think went wrong there? I mean, maybe a bit more in depth. I mean, we talked about the midfield there. Cruz is obviously always going to play, but you, Kadira, I think he probably came in for quite a lot of criticism. I think he got replaced by Rudy in the second game, but he got injured. Um, got Gundogan, um, Goretzka. Um, well, I would ex Emre Chan didn't make the squad but they've got such a stacked midfield but they just they just didn't seem to be a right blend there did they yeah I, I think it's also comes down to age you know you need a, a balance of experience but also that youthful exuberance of being in your first tournament and and maybe that's why we've seen England do well because they're playing really without the pressure of the Germans they're playing with a young team who just wants to showcase their abilities Whereas Germany, Neuer's 32, Kadira 31, um, Ozil and Marco Royce as well, 29 years old. So they're sort of coming towards the end of their careers. Um, they're not, you know, young anymore. And although they've been there and done that, which is a good thing, it means you don't necessarily have the legs in midfield, as I was saying before. Uh, and that slow tempo, you, again, you don't have someone like Sané who just changes the, mm-hmm. the tempo of a game in an instant. Um, so that's probably where they they were falling down. Obviously, four years ago, they did very well, uh, won the World Cup. But now you're looking at it and you're thinking, well, in those four years, every other team has progressed. They've innovated. They've brought in new talents, some some young, raw talents. Um, you know, you're looking at your likes of Ziyech, Trent Aller-Arnold, uh, Del Ali, Harry Kane, those type of players who have come in their first tournament and, and they want to do well. Um, and I think with the Germans, it was more that, the manager just tried to keep it very, very similar to what it had been. Um, he had a, a blueprint that worked four years ago and he thought, OK, I can just put that, 
you know, in Russia and it will work again. Um, and that's why they got found out because everyone was used to what they were going to do. They didn't move the ball quick enough. They didn't have that pace and that flair about them. And it was just very un-German-esque. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, when we previewed the tournament, I, I didn't, I don't know, I just didn't have a, a good feeling about Germany. I thought it may have just been a, a tournament too far. I mean, I don't think they've had multiple World Cups together, but I mean, I think some of them must play 2010 and 2014, but obviously the Euros as well. It's probably played three or four tournaments by now, and they just needed that new life in it as as we've been saying Werner's one thing replacing Miroslav Klose and stuff like that but you've still got Boateng who bloody hell he had an absolute nightmare of a tournament Hummels wasn't as bad but I mean he wasn't exactly great either Kimmich who's seen as the lamb replacement just he he just seemed a bit lost Um, left back to left back and for such a stacked team it was just so weird seeing them so disjointed um, having having played that many games and that many tournaments together it's just it's just crazy that germany looks so lost um so in terms of their rebuild i mean we've we've mentioned uh, leroy sane julian brandt um obviously joachim Loy is probably one of the more famous international managers because most of them just seem to get one tournament and then get buggered off <laughs> um so do you think do you think he needs to be moved on just to bring new fresh life in and then try and introduce I don't know Emre Chans, Nicholas Sulas, uh, maybe replace Neuer with Stegen and stuff like that. So do do you just think they need to introduce a new generation of Germans? I do think they need to freshen up. I'm not sure that changing the manager is the way to go. I think, as I said before, you need a mix of experience and and youthfulness. So the manager's got the experience. He's obviously very very. Um, well-renowned on the international stage. He's done very well with the Germans in the past. Um, so I'd probably keep him around. I, I don't think that's the way to go. But as you said, they've got a lot of, well, they've got a lot of talent that weren't even at the World Cup and players that weren't really, you know, featuring heavily. Uh, Mesut Ozil had a poor performance. Mm-hmm. We've mentioned Sami Khedira as well. So someone like Emre Chan to bring in um, to Stegen as well. So there, there's options there for the manager, and I think that's key. Uh, what he can't do, obviously, is is strip away the whole team and just put in young players because there's still talent there. Yeah. You've still got Tony Cruz, who has shown his talent against Sweden and is capable of producing those moments. Um, but it's more about yeah finding that balance. Um, Manuel Neuer, brilliant keeper, but a bit of a loose cannon for that South Korea goal. So mm-hmm. maybe that's that's something that they look at. Um, but yeah, it, it will be an interesting one. As I said, that I'm sure they'll bounce back, and I'm sure everyone can agree that they'll make us all eat our words when we underestimate them. Um, but yeah, they, they've got a lot of resources they can use to rebuild. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, as, as They always seem to bounce back. I mean, I don't think they've ever gone out with the group stage since like 50-odd years or something like that. But um, you never see them do badly, two, two tournaments in a row. Um, but we'll move on. Before we come to England, um, touching on one of the Liverpool players, Sadio Mane, and his uh, Senegal squad, um, unfortunately out in the group stages when they've when they've looked quite impressive in in, in most in all the games they've had uh, um, spells of brilliance and then spells of um, poor go- well goalkeeping I think been highlighted by them um, as a as a weakness. Um, 
to go out by a via fair play, it's the first time it's ever happened in uh, in international football, I believe. And this is the first World Cup that's actually introduced it. Um, but it's such a bad way to go out of a tournament, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I never thought I'd say this, but I actually agree with uh, Mark Lawrenson. Um, oh God! <laughs> yeah, he, he called the situation a farce and, and was basically questioning how you could settle something as as big as the World Cup and, and the group stage and who progresses via fair play because it just seems wrong. Senegal are a team who have come out and they've they've shown what they're capable of. They've played with flair. They've played with with a lot of you know movement, momentum, and they've been a joy to watch uh, both on and off the pitch. They're they're very very infectious. Um, and now we're left in a situation where no Africa team has progressed um, since 1982. So again, you know, it, it has big implications. And this is a team who actually, you know, probably deserved to be in the knockout stages. And for it to, to come down literally to a yellow card or two just seems very, very wrong, given how much is at stake in such a big, you know, world competition. Um, obviously, that raises questions of how else they're supposed to do it. But yeah, I mean... From the Senegal perspective, they've got to be absolutely gutted because they didn't actually do anything wrong. Um, they dominated the game against um, Colombia as well. You know, they, they were the better side in the first half, especially. So, a, again, they've shown their quality. They deserve to be in the knockout stages. And to go home now because you've got more yellow cards than another team just seems absolutely wrong. Um, you could, you know, you could sort of forgive it if you'd conceded a 40-yard screamer. Yeah. Uh, it's just one of those things. But... Yeah, I mean, it's, it is a farce. I, I didn't think I'd agree with, with Mark Lawrenson. <laughs> I know. I mean, I think that's probably more shocking than Germany going out someone agreeing with Mark Lawrenson. <laughs> um, but, I mean, from a, from a Liverpool point of view and probably a, a more selfish point of view, it is good that Mane and, and Salah, I think they're the only two, and, and Grewich, I think, um, two coming home, uh, three coming home early. So they'll probably be on the American tour and stuff like that. So if if we've got our LFC heads on rather than international fan heads on, it is a good thing um, from our perspective, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, you want the Liverpool players to do well. You want them to continue that momentum from a from a very positive season, especially the likes of Mane and Salah, who did so well for us last year. Um, but of course, from a Liverpool perspective, you want them to get that summer break under their belt to come back and have that hunger and desire to to do more to to reach better heights next season and really look to challenge for a trophy. Um, so that gives Mane and Salah time to to really rest their legs and get back um, and be part of that tour, as you said. Um, and then obviously you, you've got the youngsters who can fill in while we're waiting for them to get back in the games in July. So yeah, I mean club point of view very very good uh disappointing for the players obviously but as i said Mane can't really have any um it, he's not going to look back on the tournament with regrets he played very well against colombia he played very well um in all the games really maybe not so much the first one but he showcased himself very well he showcased what a good season he's had and of course salah just the, the disappointment of egypt being so poor but again he got on the score sheet and he sort of made his mark in russia so Disappointment for the player, very good for the club. Uh, we want them back as soon as possible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but whilst we're on Group H, um, we, we do have to mention Colombia and we'll touch on Japan as well. Um, but obviously we're two English people. Um, live, uh, not Liverpool. Uh, England <laughs> will be playing Colombia. Um, 
obviously James has got in, or seemingly started the tournament injured and not been his firing. He's not been his uh, at his best throughout the tournament. Anything to fear from England for from Colombia? I think going forward, Colombia have obviously got a lot of talent and they're a bit unpredictable as well. You've got Quintero, you've got Rodriguez, you've got Falcao brilliant finisher so there's definitely stuff you know to be wary of even Quadrado with his pace is going to be a bit of a problem and again they've got the know-how they they've advanced to the knockout stages before and they did very well in the last World Cup Um, so England will be wary of that they'll have to be wary of that Uh, and I'm a a little bit worried just because of the way the media is now talking about things from an England perspective obviously Finishing second in the group is bittersweet. You want to carry on that momentum, but now we've got an opportunity to to get further in the competition. But it's almost like people have have written off this Columbia game as oh, England have have won. We're, we're basically in the quarters, so we've got an easier ride. Well, Colombia are a very good team. They had a very poor opening game when they got that red card, but ever since they've they've looked a lot better, a lot more fluid. And Rodriguez back in the team is is someone you need to fear. We've seen what he can do. Um, both for Real Madrid and for his country. So th- there needs to be sort of a, a putting of hold in terms of the talking of the quarter round and the semi uh, quarter final and semi finals, um, because this is a good team who can hurt England, and England need to be wary of that. We we saw against Panama, okay, we were six 0 up at the time, but again, that's a very poor goal we conceded to make it six one. So when you're playing someone like Colombia, who have a lot more about them than than Panama. You have to be wary of those defensive um, frailties. So I, I do think England should still be able to progress, but it, it's going to be a lot tighter a game than people maybe expect it to be. Yeah, I mean, I think in the last pod I, I, I wanted England to avoid Colombia because I think they have the tools to uh, to hurt us, um, especially if, Hammett, if uh, Rodriguez is fit. Um, but hopefully he isn't from an England point of view. Um but we'll come to England now. I mean, it was the weirdest international World Cup game I've, I've seen ever because I'm not, I think I said this on the last one, I don't think any Liverpool fan's going to be the biggest England fan, but needs must, I suppose. <laughs> you just kind of got to get in the mood of it. I imagine some people say the scout's not English uh, way of life and stuff like that, but fair enough. But anyway, um, England v Belgium. I was supporting Belgium because... <laughs> I wanted England in that in the weaker half of the draw, and I, d- I don't want to get ahead of Colombia and stuff like that. But the the route to the semi final looks a hell of a lot easier than the other half of the draw. Um, but England v be Bel- be Belgium then. Um, we saw loads of changes from both teams. I mean, Belgium seemed to j- screw their entire formation and stuff and just play random players everywhere, but still got the one nil win um, with a Yanazai, well, pretty nice goal. Um, it was such a weird game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I, I mean, there's a couple of alarm bells for England. Obviously, as you said, it's a a good result in terms of the the way forward in the competition. But this was the first real test from England. Okay, we made a lot of changes, but I was a bit surprised Harry Kane wasn't involved. Mm. Um, I think you know when you've got a striker who's in good form in the competition okay it was mainly penalties against Panama but he he's doing well and he's got that ability to just pop up with a goal when he's playing really badly you know he's not had a good tournament everyone's saying oh well he you know he was a leading scorer he's he's doing really well but actually his performance against Panama was pretty rubbish he just managed to get three goals yeah. um 
But when you've got someone like that, you actually need to keep playing them in the team. You need to keep allowing them to do that. You need to keep allowing them to build that momentum up. Um, and so I was a little bit surprised Kane didn't come on. He wasn't, you know, involved. And I think the worry for Southgate and for England is they didn't look the same without him. They were very laboured in attack, weren't very threatening. Uh, Rashford had a great opportunity and completely fluffed it. So, you know, a World Cup is only one not with the 11 on the pitch, but also what you've got in reserve. And I'm not saying Rashford and Vardy are bad players, but they've really failed to, you know, it, this was almost their audition and they kind of failed it. Um, not just that one chance from Rashford, but as I said, mm. they didn't really offer that much. And going into the latter stages of the competition, you have to wonder if something happens to Harry Kane or if he's having a poor game himself, where can England turn to? Is this a sign of maybe the struggles that Danny we've had? <laughs> <laughs> he is, he is a, a maestro at the international level, to be oh, fair. God, yes. Got a good goal scoring record. But yeah, I mean, it was a tough night for England. We, we didn't play very well and we made a lot of changes, but I mean, Belgium had made tons of changes as well. And as you said, the players were all over the pitch. Uh, poor goal to concede. Uh, Eric Dyer, very poor performance from him don't think we'll be seeing much of him in, in the rest of the competition. Um, and again, Jordan Pickford, I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think Liverpool uh, Twitter's kind of cotton, uh, got on to the fact that he has little T-Rex arms and now we've seen memes of him and stuff like that. But it it's that goal he conceded. I mean, he got a decent amount he got a decent hand on it i'm not going to say if he had longer arms but i'd, I'd be expecting a an inter an england inter well england international goalkeeper isn't exactly good since david seaman left um <laughs> but uh, an international goalkeeper looking to progress into the knockout stage i'd be expecting someone to save that but um Maybe he was just doing the right thing and throwing the game, so hopefully it was uh, on purpose rather than an accident, but he's, he's not exactly had the best uh, tournament. So yeah, Pickford, there's question marks there. Obviously, we saw Trent get his first World Cup game. I know you were kind of watching it, um, I think you were watching it at a restaurant, weren't you? Um, yeah. So it's not the, not the best setting to analyse a game, but we saw Trent <laughs> get his World Cup uh, debut, so what, what did you make of him? I think he got man of the match, or our best player in, in some of the match ratings I've seen. Yeah, he he had a good performance. Um, I was talking earlier about how it was almost an audition for some of these players, and, and they fluffed their lines, um, you know, Rashford with that chance, but but Trent, he did very well. This is a player who's very, very young, still, still a teenager, I think. Um, mm-hmm. So to be involved in the Champions League as he was for Liverpool, to to perform as he did for Liverpool, both in the Premier League and in Europe, to then come to Russia and, and do what he did against Belgium, who, OK, much changed side, but still a, a good team with a lot of threat about them. I, I thought it just showed what a good season he's had and what he's capable of. Um, you know, the the world is his oyster. He he doesn't really have a ceiling. He can sort of be as good as he wants um, because he sorts... He, he, he fills this, um, idea of the modern fullback perfectly. And obviously that was slightly restricted because Belgium were completely on top of us. But mm-hmm. I think, you know, a great game in your first ever World Cup bow, it, it says a lot about Trent as a player. And I was delighted for him. Yeah. And, and he deserved that man of the match. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it wasn't just the fact that every, most of the other England players didn't really impress, but, uh, he, he was genuinely good, um, which is highly impressive. I think he is only 19. Um, so yeah, to, to fill into Trippier, who's probably been 
one of two, one or two of England's best players uh, at the tournament, and, and not really miss Trippier too much. I think that just speaks volumes of of his ability and his potential. So yeah, ha- happy days for Trent. We'll move on from England because it was one of the weirdest. Most, well, it wasn't even that fun. It was just probably <laughs> weird that game. Let's be honest. Um, We'll, we'll move on to the knockout stages and we'll, we'll go through these and maybe have a, a few words on them and uh, predict who, who we go through. So we've got Uruguay v Portugal in, this is probably, I think this is the first time I'm swearing on this pod, but it, it's the only word I can describe it. This is going to be an absolute shithouse of a game. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, how, how, do you, how do you see this game going? I mean, I imagine VAR is going to be in overtime in this game. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a very scrappy one. Neither team has has really performed that well, but they both have this sort of Real Madrid trait about them that they can play badly and just get through. Um, and it seems to happen every year. Uruguay, a team with a, a very good attack in Luis Suarez and Cavani, but they don't seem to gel together. And then you've got um, Portugal with Ronaldo, obviously, and, and Caresma, who scored a phenomenal goal oh, um, in the group stages. <laughs> Brilliant. And it, literally, the player is made for those type of, of goals. He just does it all the time. Um, it's his trademark. But yeah, I mean, there's quality from both teams. So it should be a good game, but I think it will be one that's, it, it, it's going to rely on a referee who's able to let the game flow. And again, that depends on both teams because you've got someone like Pepe, who is a bit of a, you know, a bit of a knob actually. Um <laughs> But he's just, he'll come in flying with tackles. And if the referee is quick to, to brandish his first yellow card in the game, then that's going to set the tempo. That's going to sort of restrict things. Um, so hopefully the referee lets it flow despite all the challenges that I'm sure will fly in. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a penalty in that game. It seems to be the, the World Cup of penalties at the moment. But yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be so bad. It will be good. I think someone said that on Twitter. Um, you know, two good teams good capable of doing well. Um, but they just, it, it's up to them to really showcase what they can do because knockout stages now, the big teams can't just skate through. They have to actually show what they're capable of. So it should be an exciting one. Who, who do you think will win that one? Got, got to do predictions here. Um, I'm going to go for Portugal. Oh, I'm going to go Uruguay. Purely because, well, I mean, Portugal did very well in the Euros. Mm-hmm. Um, and they actually won me my sweepstakes, so I've kind of got to back them, um, oh, that's just fair. to say thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's um, fair. But no, I mean, when you've got Ronaldo in your team, you've always got a chance. Uruguay, good team, but sometimes they look a little bit disjointed. And while maybe uh, Portugal are a bit too reliant on Ronaldo, when you've got the experience they do at the back and someone like Charisma and Ronaldo um, going forward, it just a dead ball situation in a game like this, which maybe is going to be stop and starty. That's a lot of opportunities for Ronaldo to, to take it by the scruff of his neck, as he has done it in the group stages. Yeah, it, it all makes sense to me. But I'm, I'm going to go Uruguay. I think Uruguay, I think they've probably been the best defence, had the best defence in the tournament. They haven't had the best opposition, to be fair. But, um, yeah, Jimenez and Gordine, they, they just looked... They just look like the Atletico Madrid defenders that they are. They're just absolute horrible buggers um, and can defend well. And if Suarez and Cavani can somewhat click, I think they'll have too much for a, for an age in Portugal defence. But uh, I think that's a very close game. Um, but we'll move on to probably the biggest one um, in the first knockout round, France v Argentina. We kind of touched on it earlier, but we'll go a bit more in-depth now. Both are really... 
I mean, it, it's hard to say France have struggled, but they've just looked so bad considering the squad they have, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, I've, I think it's fair to say they've struggled. Um, okay, they're through to the round of 16, but again, sort of like Argentina, you expect that. That's that's the minimum. Um, and we've not seen either of these teams really come out and play. France were my tip to win the World Cup, but based on what I've seen from them, I just can't see it. Um, the manager seems to be on some kind of mission to stop them from winning the World Cup. Uh, Matuidi on the left wing, I think, in their oh, last God. game. And when you're leaving players like Anthony Martial out of the squad, it, it just makes no sense. Um, and then you've got people like Mbappe, Griezmann, uh, Pogba, uh, Kante. They've got so much quality in that team, but it just hasn't clicked for them yet. And again, it, it's someone, it's a team that you associate sort of verve and you want to see this attacking prowess about them, but they never ever seem to deliver it and have that free flowing game. So I'm hoping this is sort of the opposite of Uruguay and Portugal. Both teams come out and show that, you know, their, their abilities going forward, they're better on the attack, both of them. Um, and so I hope they really go for it, France, because they've been far too cagey so far. Um, two holding midfielders, completely unnecessary. They've got a good back for let the game flow and, and show off your talents. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm not sure that they'll win the World Cup anymore. I do think they'll still get far and yeah. get through this this round. Um, but they've got to up their game. They've been very poor so far. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think this was actually my predicted final, which uh, speaks volumes of how much I screwed up my uh, prediction. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, it, yeah, I, I agree with what all all you've said there, France. It's it, I don't know, it just it just never seemed to have clicked for them. I know they got to the Euro finals and then, well, pretty much bottled the final, let's be honest. But, I mean, Kante aside, um, they've not really, no one's really performed that well for them. Um, I mean, I think Hernandez, the young left back, or young centre back from Atletico Madrid, playing at left back, has done well. Um, Titi had his moment of madness against Australia. Um, Varane always, I think Varane always looks good, uh, but they've, they've probably got the best squad or best first team in the tournament, and they've looked nothing of the sort. I mean, I think everyone struggled to a certain degree um, when when they've got a slightly challenging group. But France, with that squad, they should be blowing teams away three, four, five nil. Um, and as you said, Matidi on left left wing over Usman Dembele, Thomas Lamar. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, it's a strange choice by Deschamps, and I can see why he gets criticism from. I imagine I'm not sure if France nationals have, because I don't follow that many French people. But it's just what he's doing in that squad's unheard of. But um, Argentina, then, I mean, any hope for them? I mean, we saw a slight improvement against Nigeria, but Benega and Messi aside, not much is clicking for them. Do you think they still need to make further changes? I mean, Pavon's looked quite good when he's came on. Um, Higuain just looks lost I mean Aguero's not exactly much better but he looked a bit better <laughs> Diabala's not I think he didn't even come on as a sub in two of the games do you think they need further changes? Yeah I would bring on Pavon as you said I think he looked bright he was looking to make things happen getting the ball in the box um, it sort of Higuain he has had a bad tournament so far I mean he, he had a bad game and he's not really clicked for a, a striker who's capable of basically anything um, but I have to say the service into the box hasn't been great apart yeah, from that uh, Rojo chance. Pavon was the only one actually looking to get the ball in the box. As good as Messi is and, you know, he's a phenomenal player, the best in the world. 
Um, he's not one that tends to cross the ball in. He'll want to mm. do sort of the ticky-tack of stuff, which is great. But you also need to be exploiting uh, the aerial ability of someone like Higuain, someone like Aguero. So that's where they need to improve. Um, I'm a bit surprised we haven't seen Diabali yet. I'm not really sure why that's the case. If if the manager thinks him and Messi in the side together might be a little bit sort of too pretty in a way, you know, trying Messi, to. Messi's the manager now, so there must be yeah. something personal. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it it probably is a case of that would restrict them massively. You can't get to the 80th minute and shove crosses into the box to to him because he's he that's not his game. So. If you're reliant on two players to really just force their way through a back four that have so much quality as France, that's going to cause problems. Um, so maybe we'll see him off the bench or something. But I think they've got to go with Aguero instead of Higuain. Yeah. And we saw his finish was was phenomenal in the first game. So again, you know, improvements for both teams. Both teams have lots of quality. Their qualities are going forwards. So hopefully it's a it's an attacking game. Um, I think maybe it's going to be a KG first 45 minutes because they've also got the ability to counter-attack each other. Mm-hmm. And so they won't want to leave themselves open, which is the, the only thing. But given it's a, a knockout stage, hopefully, yeah, so it's a bit more exciting than what we've seen from both teams. And you never know, Marcus Rojo could, could somehow become a golden boot winner. Oh, God. Him and John Stone <laughs> top two. <laughs> um, so prediction then, who, who who's your money on in this one? France, absolutely France. I think as bad as they've been, they've mm-hmm. got enough quality to be bad and still win. Um, Argentina's defence is not good. Mascherano was poor in possession um, in their last game. He also you know, did well to, to get the ball going forward and he had a cut in his face or something. So he was in the wars, but a player of that quality to be giving the ball away in, in precarious positions as he was, France are going to look to utilise that. They're going to look to put him under pressure. And Griezmann was my tip to to be top goal scorer. Um, not really clicked for him so far, but I do think he, he's going to thrive in a game like this. And and yeah, France they surely just have too much quality. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with that. I don't know. I mean, I'd love Messi to win the World Cup and dispel all that nonsense about him being shit because he's not done it for Argentina. But yeah, I think France on paper just have too much for them. And regardless of what the manager does, I think. Argentina's defence, it, it, it just shouldn't be able to handle France's quality and Argentina's midfield's not much better than their defence, let's be honest. Um, so I think France should should win that game. It, it just depends. If, if Messi does a madness, I mean, any, he can win any game on his own, let's be honest. But I think France should have just a bit too much for them. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go France as well. Um so, next game, Brazil v Mexico. I mean, Mexico probably put in one of the best performances of the tournament so far. Um, did come second in a group that looked like they were going to win. Um, but I think they just screwed off the uh, last game, to be fair. But um, Brazil, probably the <laughs> tournament favourite um, now. Mm. Um, how, how do you see this going? I mean, Brazil, uh, probably heavy favourites in this game. Yeah, I mean, I actually think this is going to be one of the most interesting games of the round of 16 because Mexico did so well against Germany because Germany dominated the ball. They very much brought the game to Mexico and then Mexico were therefore able to counterattack. And Brazil are going to have the ball in this game. They're going to be dominating possession, moving it very slowly. And if they succumb possession in the midfield, Mexico have got the pace to to outrun them and and get in at the defence. So it should be an exciting game. 
I do think Brazil will come through purely because Philippe Coutinho is the player of the World Cup so far. I think he's been phenomenal, Mm -hmm. as hard as that is to say, because I miss the guy so much and I've tried to hate him, but I can't because he's just that good. Um, He will surely lead Brazil in this game like he has all tournament. The only thing for Brazil, again, not really clicks for them, as you would think, for someone who is the World Cup favourites. They've not Mm -hmm. come out and, and really shown what they're capable of. Neymar's had a very, very poor World Cup so far. Um, people will be quick to say, well, to be fair, he's been kicked into the ground. And, and while that's a valid point, he gets that in every game he plays. Messi yeah. gets that, Ronaldo gets that. And they've still been able to showcase what they're capable of. Um, it's almost, and this is going to be highly controversial, sometimes I think Brazil would actually play better with Neymar off the pitch. Just Ooh. because he's he's a phenomenal player, don't get me wrong. Um but I think it was their second game in the group stage. He was just so slow moving the ball. He wanted it all the time and he was yeah. unable to pass it, unable to see the movement of Gabriel Jesus. And therefore, that was just slowing everything down. He was trying to do tricks um, and buy free kicks, which is fine. And that's good play. But Brazil are a team that you associate with with a real attacking fluidity and, and really just running people off the pitch. And we've not seen that. And maybe that's because Neymar is, is a bit you know, turgid sometimes. But again, he can change the game in an instant. Obviously, they'll play him. They should be playing a fella called Firmino. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, from Mexico's point of view, they'll go into the game thinking, okay, we we did it against Germany. We can surely do it against Brazil um, if we look to counterattack. Because uh, that's why they struggled against Sweden. Sweden, you know, Okay, on paper they're easy to to counterattack. They've not got that much pace in the team, but their physicality, the the way they were just bombing crosses into the box, Mexico couldn't handle that, and therefore they didn't have the opportunity to to actually get down and run at players. Um, and, and maybe that's something we will see against Brazil. So Brazil will probably come through it fine, um, but I do expect maybe Mexico to score one. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. I think Mexico have looked very good going forward. I mean, Lozano's uh, got plaudits. I mean, especially from the Germany game, and Hernandez is always a threat. I think he's the nation's record goal scorer. But as you said, Brazil, they've not really clicked that too much, clicked well um, that much. Um, and I, I don't think it's just Neymar. I think Neymar is obviously their main man, and Coutinho's really stepped up this turn- tournament. But Neymar's. I think he's came into the tournament unfit, and if he if he is regaining fitness, he should only get better. But as you've said, Firmino, should, from from a Liverpool point of view, and I imagine from most people's point of view, probably should be ahead of Jesus. I mean, I think Brazilian fans see Jesus as the next big number nine, which is fair and stuff like that. But performance-wise, I think Firmino's shown more in, in his cameos and stuff like that. But it's it's just not them two. I mean, Williams pretty much just done nothing as well. So I think their front freeze, it's just, it's just not clicked at the minute. I mean, Doug, I think Douglas Costa got injured, I think I read somewhere. So William probably have to play Pays. Mm. Um, if, if, I think Brazil's pick on where they've got the reputation. Jesus got his from Brazil. So he's obviously a, a fan favorite and, and Neymar's, albeit not, not his normal self. He's always going to play because I don't think they have that many options. Um, to, to be fair, um, Jesus does have a, I mean, from a non-Liverpool point of view, yeah. um, Jesus does have a phenomenal record oh, yeah, for Brazil, which is why he's obviously a yeah. favourite of the manager. I think the only thing is, um, with Brazil, when it, it comes back to Neymar, 
Firmino is a player we've seen his movement and his ability to, to just track back and basically run around the whole pitch allows movement and space for the likes of Coutinho, for the likes of um, Salah, Mane, from Liverpool point of view. Um, and then for Brazil, you're thinking, well, if he can do that, that would free up space for Neymar, Coutinho, um, Jesus, if he's on the pitch as well. So that's maybe something that the manager should consider to get the best out of Neymar, to provide mm-hmm. him that space to you know, do that quick turn and, and fire shots on goal. Because we've not actually seen many shots on target from Neymar this whole tournament. It's not a case of, well, he's trying, but the ball just won't go in the back of the net. He's not been able to get that far because yeah. players are, are able to say, okay, get six people on him and hack him. Whereas if you get a Firmino in there, move all those players around the pitch, provide Neymar with a bit bit more time and space. So something for the manager con- to consider, but I'm sure we'll, we'll see um, Jesus start that one, sadly. Yeah, well, hopefully Bobby has a good tor- continues to have a good tournament, but not too many minutes because I'd like to have I'd like him to have a break. Um, but we'll move on from that. I imagine you're going to say Brazil to win as well. Yeah, definitely. I, I I'd go three one. Okay, doke. Yeah, that sounds about that sounds fair to me. Um, I'm aware of time. I think we need about fifty odd minutes now. Well, just below that, uh, so we'll get through some of these probably more one sided games a bit quicker. But uh, Belgium Japan, I mean. There should only be one winner in this game for me, but Japan have probably been the one of the surprises of the tournament. I thought they'd be the whipping boys of their group, but Belgium should have a bit too much for them, shouldn't they? Yeah, I mean, Belgium are, ha- haven't had a good tournament either. Um, Japan have done well um, to, to get this far. I wouldn't have expected it, but again, Japan's point of view, they'll probably just be looking for set pieces to get the ball into the box and try and score a header. Um, it will be all Belgium, and, and it's just whether the defence can withstand that. And someone like Hazard's probably going to wreak havoc in, in that type of game. So for me, that's Belgium all over. Uh, Japan have done well. For me, they shouldn't even be in the round of 16. It should be Senegal. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Belgium all the way. Yeah, I agree. I think Belgium have had a weak group, and I think they've looked very good going forward. But I mean, in, in some of those, in some of these games, apart from even the one they have looked a bit dodgy at the back and in midfield, and, and De Bruyne's only. Um, he's not. He's not the same player you see at Man City. So I think Belgium need to find a, a rhythm in in this in this weird system. So I think Belgium have the tools to get better, but Belgium should should win this and hopefully they improve. And if we get Belgium v Brazil, that should be a hell of a quarter final. Um, but yeah, Belgium from both of us there. Um, Spain v Russia. Um, on paper it's one sided, but do you think Russia being the host nation can up their performance? Yeah, I think this is going to be a close one, actually. Spain, again, poor so far this tournament. Got a lot about them. Uh, Isco's been been good. Iniesta, obviously, in that team um, as the, the mastermind uh, behind everything. And Iago Aspas with the, with the goal in their last game. So that was that was quite funny to see from a Liverpool point of view. Um, the hero. Yeah. Uh, or I think he broke he broke some hearts, didn't he, back in his Liverpool days, and he's he's doing it in the World Cup again. Well, so, he's, been, he's been a hero since he left Liverpool. Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's he's done well for himself, uh, and, and that's good to see. Uh, from Russia's point of view, again, as you said, host nation, they're going to have all the fans behind them. They've done well, um, okay, against easy teams. Not really had a proper proper threat yet, apart from that Uruguay game. Um, they've got a bit about them. I don't think they should be underestimated. Uh, Cherichev looks like a good player mm-hmm. um, but yeah I, I think it's going to be a close game but I, I'd say Spain to, to go through on that one yeah I think Russia 
they'll probably have the first team back. I mean, against Uruguay, they played a bit more um, change, but so did Uruguay, and uh, Uruguay won comfortably. I think, as you said, Cherishev's been key. I think it's Golovin. Uh, I'm not sure if that's the right pronunciation, but I think he's been linked with teams like Juve and stuff like that, so he's obviously a big player. Um, but yeah, Ru- Russia need to step up another level. I mean, we, f- we saw it against their first proper opposition. Um, uh, Uruguay just... Did, just took the mick out of them really so hopefully Russia don't get embarrassed as the host nation and stuff like that but I think Spain should win it quite comfortably I mean they've not the defence has been quite poor but they are, they have still scored goals I mean Costa's kind of gone back to previous tournament Costa and not not to uh, look like he's back in his Chelsea days and I said that like or Madrid days but hopefully hopefully they click because Spain do have one of the best teams and need to start performing like it. Um, but yeah, I think Spain from both of us there. So we'll move on to probably the best team of the tournament so far, I'd say. Um, what, England? <laughs> oh God, no. <laughs> um, Degsy's lads, Croatia. Um, so Croatia v Denmark. I think this will be quite an interesting game. Denmark seemingly hard to beat. I think they're like unbeaten in 18 games or something like that coming into the tournament or something like that um, I may just be chatting absolute one there but uh, I think they've got a good undefeated record or something like that but Croatia Denmark probably one of the more intriguing ones but Croatia if they keep up their form and their performance level so far they should win this shouldn't they yeah I mean as you said Croatia have been one of the teams of the tournament so far Modric um Again, one of the players of the tournament. So they've got a lot about them. Uh, Rakitic as well, doing well in that midfield. So I think they've got to come through this one. Denmark, okay, they've got through to the round of 16, but I'm not sure they've actually got that much quality. Um, it all seems to come down to, to the likes of Ericsson. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, for this, I, I would say it's going to be comfortable for Croatia, actually. I don't think this is going to come up with any surprises. And I expect Croatia probably to to get to the. I mean, I mean, mm, semi-finals. You've just, you've just noticed they've got Spain, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, I, I was gonna say, yeah. I think they'll they'll definitely win this one, and it will just be a case of how far can they get. They're a very good team, and they've done well to get to get here. Um, obviously, from a Liverpool point of view, good to see Dejan Lovren doing well after a good season at Liverpool. Um, but yeah, they, they'll win this one comfortably. Yeah, I think Croatia should win this one as well. I mean, Denmark have got Eriksson. I mean, I think the defence has been quite impressive as well. But yeah, I think Croatia should have a bit too much. I mean, Modric and Rakitic, as you've mentioned there, they're defending quite well. Uh, Mandzukic is always a threat. Um, Perisic, etc. I mean, I know Kovacic hasn't started that many games. I think he started the... Uh, the third game, which was a bit pointless for them, but again, he's still one of the best midfielders probably in 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 the tournament. He can't even get on the bloody pitch, which is mad. But yeah, I think Croatia should win this because they have been the best, one of the best teams in the tournament so far. But yeah, Croatia from both of us there. Probably, uh, we'll move on to probably the uh, closest game, I'm going to say, Sweden versus Switzerland. Um <laughs> such a weird, such a weird game. I mean, this this should have probably been Germany, um, but no, they screwed that as we said. But Sweden versus Switzerland, then um, it, it's such a weird game. It's gonna be. I'm not sure how we can call this one. Yeah, it's a. It's gonna be a tight game. It's two teams. I didn't really expect to see in the round of 16. Maybe Switzerland. Um, they've had a good campaign. Sheridan Shakiri, um, set piece delivery, brilliant, good in terms of scoring a. 
a World Cup screamer. Um, Sweden, fair play to them. I didn't think they'd do very well. And I remember on the last pod I was saying, why on earth didn't they bring Ibrahimovic? Now I look like a complete <laughs> fool. Um, they've done well without him. Toivonen looks a good player. Um, so again, it, yeah, two well-balanced teams. Uh, I do think Switzerland have a bit more about them, uh, which may, may be a, probably against what you're thinking. Sweden, the more physical of the two. Um, but if Switzerland can get themselves on the on the front foot early on, um, and then the likes of Jared and Shakiri maybe don't have to track back as much. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Sweden, very good defensive unit. If they get that first goal, they're just going to shut up shop. So tight, tight one to call, but I'll go for Switzerland, 2-1. No, I, I agree with you, actually. I think Switzerland... Um, don't have the like a, a proper star. I mean, if Zlatan was playing for Sweden, he wants was a star. I mean, d- d- getting on in age now. But Switzerland, I think they've got a bit more quality in the squad. I mean, defensively they've got a Kanji who looks really good. Jansson was a good goalkeeper. Zakaria, I think his name is. He's impressed. And Shakiri, as we've mentioned, I think they've just got a bit more uh, in the squad than Sweden has. But as you said, if Sweden get that first goal. They're just going to set up shop and it'll probably be boring as hell, let's be honest. So I think that that's probably one of the closest games. But on, on paper and probably a bit more on performance, I'll go with Switzerland because I think they've got players um, who can who have a bit of a moment a moment of magic in them and a bit. I think they've just got a bit more bit more in attack for me. Um, but yeah, I'll go. I think. I think we've agreed on pretty much all of them. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not so, sure we'll agree on the next one. Oh, oh God, that. That, that might be a good or bad thing for England. Um, but yeah, Switzerland for me. Um, so Colombia v England. Uh, we kind of touched on both of these teams before we started going through through the brackets here. But what are you thinking? You know, I, again, I think this is going to be a tight one. Um, England, I'm not a big fan of their de- uh, like defensive-minded formation, if you want to call it that. Mm. Okay, they came out swinging in the first game, but I think that was more a case of it's the first game. Let's just put down a marker and and show teams what we can do. Now it's going to be a lot more reserved, especially, as we touched on before, with Colombia's attacking um, abilities. But Harry Kane, good player, um, good goal scorer, doesn't have to do much to get a goal. Um, if he and Dele Ali can can really muster up that connection that they have at Spurs together, mm-hmm. we should be fine. Um, the only worry, of course, as I said before, is is if something happens to Kane, are the people in behind as good or, or going to create as good chances? Um, Raheem Sterling, poor performance really so far. Uh, I think he was unlucky not to get a goal against Panama. Really should have scored before John Stones put it in the net. Um, but maybe we want more from him. I'm not even sure he'll start, to be honest. Could be Rashford. Um, but, Don't know, Rashford's not look great either. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm thinking that in terms of he's probably a bit better at finishing. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so if you're looking to, to counter-attack Colombia, you, you maybe want Rashford on the pitch. But yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting one. England's formation means that they're very reliant on their full-backs um, and the likes of Jordan Henderson to thread in that pass. Um, Harry Maguire and, and things tend to come out very, very high in possession, and that's the one worry if Colombia can catch that out. Someone like Falcao is just going to take a chance wherever he gets one. Um, so tight game, but I will go for England. I've got to back them now, um, given the media basically have placed us in the semi-final already, given we've come second. <laughs> um, so I suppose I should go for an England win. 
Yeah, I think this will. I think this will be quite close. I mean, th- this is the game I wanted to avoid for an England point of view, as I said earlier on. But I think quite a lot of it is dependent on one, if Rodriguez is fit, and two, how fit he actually is, because. England obviously play this pretty much one in midfield kind of system. I mean, we've seen Henderson step up in big games for Liverpool, but he normally has quite a bit of help. I mean, if it wasn't Emery, Chang anywhere, and Aldham um, is there to help, or James Milner and stuff like that. But he, he is quite isolated in, in this system. So if we're talking about a one-on-one duel, I mean, Rodriguez v Henderson, I mean, probably... You got to favour Rodriguez there, and the movement of Quintero and stuff like that. It, it, it's it's just a, it, it'd be such a big game for for Henderson. But we have seen him step up in the past, so I'm not going. I'm not going to say it's it's uh, black and white, and that Rodriguez is 100% going to batter him. But <laughs> I, I think Rodriguez would be favourite there if he was fit. But that's a big question mark if he is actually fit because he came into the tournament um, unfit. Um, so yeah, I think I think I'm gonna go England because there is those question marks about Rodriguez, um, but I think this is gonna be a lot harder game than people think because mm. Colombia, they maybe not have the best squad on paper, but I mean we've seen Davis and Sanchez an in, uh, incredible tackle in the last game. Yeah, Mina on set pieces, <laughs> like he's a top goal scorer. He's like six, he looks like about six foot ten <laughs> when he's heading the ball. Yeah. Um, but I think he's like six foot five, and he's, he's just an absolute freak. Um, <laughs> but I think I think this will be quite a very balanced game. Um, so I'm, I'll go England as well, which means we've agreed on every game so far. So <laughs> when we get all these predictions wrong, it's going to be a hell of a tournament. <laughs> um, but yeah, Eng- England for me, I think. They've got a bit too much. I mean, Sterling's not had the best time in front of goal, but I do I do really rate him. I think what he does off yeah. the ball as well, it, it brings a bit more than uh, than Vardy and Rashford and stuff like that. So I think I think Sterling can thrive in these bigger games because he he he, he can create space for better players. Similar similarly to Firmino, as we mentioned for Brazil, I think he helps in that regard a bit more. So yeah, I think I'll go I'll go England. I think they've got a bit more. In, in the entire squad and with Rodriguez a bit of a doubt I think that's a, a huge turning factor so yeah that's us agreed on every prediction <laughs> um, but yeah that's pretty much it uh, we'll, we'll, I'll be back or me, me or Harry or Gags will be back for the uh, for the quarterfinals I imagine but uh, thanks for joining me Leanne uh, <laughs> have you got any have you got any plugs uh, yeah so obviously writer's podcast um, was done yesterday so definitely give that a listen um, if you haven't already, just touching on um, Henderson actually and his performances for England and Liverpool and, and maybe where his future lies um, and looking at the summer that we've had so far and, and what we can expect from Liverpool. Uh, from a personal point of view, I've got an article coming in the next few days about John Arnarisa. Um I decided to go for a long-form piece about him and his banging left foot. But other than that, yeah, just follow my Twitter, underscore LFC Leanne. And hopefully football comes home. Oh yes, it, it's definitely <laughs> coming home. Um, but yeah, I, I highly recommend write the writers podcast. I think it's your hundredth episode coming up, isn't it? Yeah, hundred next week. Good, 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 good. But yeah, thanks for joining <laughs> me, Leanne. Thanks for listening, everybody. Here's to the next round of the World Cup. Hopefully, it continues being all the fun that it's been so far. But thanks for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>
Social Podcast Network.